Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yoda Speeds, the sportive. I've got John with me. Hi, John. Hi, Brandon. And Stuart. Hi, Stu. Hey guys, uh, how's it going? Some shocking breaking news. Chicken Finger 69 is not available to join us this evening. So <laughs> He's in a church parking lot. Stuck we in got no further intel lot. beyond church parking lot. That could mean so many things. Could be code. It could mean something. could be could code. Cry for could help. could be something simple like there's maybe a, a practice or a meeting of some sort there. Um, it could be where his anger management classes are. Um, it could be... Any number of things. Awfully the, cryptic, The best though. part about... It is cryptic, and that's why we love chicken fingers, because you never really know what's going on. You just know something is. And when you find out about it, it's too late. He didn't he say knew. he was at church, which would be one thing. He said, I'm in a church parking lot. Just yeah. very specific. It's just concerning. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, like some churches, like since Halloween is the, is the devil's party, they have like the big trick-or-treat out of the trunk type of thing so you can go there and get like trick-or-trunk i don't know trick-or-trunk yeah you get like the new testament and a couple of communion wafers that were misshapen when they showed up and that's about it and <laughs> it's kind of bullshit so factory second communion so, wafers are exactly that's a bad yeah you don't want to get bad that. business yeah yeah <laughs> it's just wait a minute they're partially leavened that makes no sense um why is this so, yeah, I don't. I Who don't... brought the leaven? <laughs> so we don't really know what's going on with Dr. Fingers, but we just wish him well. Just love and light to Chicken Finger 69. Although I do want to note that he had plenty of time for the podcast that he uh, edits, uh, Access Vikings, to submit ample content this yeah. week again. Yeah, he's the running owner, the show over so. there. The owner, operator, yeah. and editor. Yep. Well, let's get into sports. Ah, the main thing we need to that. discuss, and we love to have news break and then talk about it five days later. We have to make sure everybody else gets all of their takes <laughs> out of the way before we start discussing something. Mm-hmm. And that is the blockbuster trade of uh, Jim Butler to my favorite team, the Sixers, which is very odd for me. So as you know, and most listeners will know, each one of us on the Sportive have one or or maybe two subjects that we're not allowed to just talk about. It's it's rant probation. And I've been on rant mm-hmm. probation for both the Wolves and the NBA at large for a long time now. So when you're on rant proba- probation, you can't start the conversation. You can only answer questions. So do either one of you have a take that you'd like to get off your chest, or do you want to just ask me a question about this trade? The floor is open. The press conference is beginning. 
Yes. Microphones um, at both sides Brandon. of the room, yeah. sit in the back. Mm-hmm. Brandon, 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 sport a podcast, sport a podcast. Sure. Uh, Steve Newman, yep. Yeah, hey, buddy. Um, so do you think the Timberwolves made a good trade? I do. I do think they made a good trade. It's very odd to say that out loud and to actually believe it, but... Uh, yeah, they got two good players that, and as a Sixer super fan, I've watched both Sharich, I think is how it's said. I thought it was Sarich until uh, he got mm-hmm. traded, uh, and Bob Covington for many years, and they're both good and fun to watch, and I think the Wolves fans will really like them. And the team just makes more sense now. These guys play defense. They don't need the ball in their hand to dribble the air out of it like Jimmy Butler did. So, um, yes, Have I think either they of them, a good trade. Brandon, I, I, John Marthaler, John, sure. Tribune. John I want to break yep. in and ask, have either of them gone on ESPN in a pre-planned hit piece to make fun of their teammates, their coach, and everybody involved with the organization? To my knowledge, that's just a Jim Butler thing. Uh, I can't say for sure. Um, Sharich is uh, Serbian, so he definitely could have pulled some stunts over in Serbia, and I wouldn't have been paying attention. You know, That might be on me. That could be on my bad. Uh, for not knowing that, but uh, no, they both seem like pretty good dudes. Although I will say, I'm just going to call him Sarich. I'm sorry, the Sharich is weird to me. <laughs> I can't do uh, it. I can't. That lasts for correctly. ten seconds. Uh, I will say that one unfortunate thing is Sarich's facial hair, and I just I have no excuse for that. I, I don't know what to tell you. It's 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 unbecoming. It's frankly offensive to everybody with eyes. Um, so that's that's a bummer. We're going to have to look at that for a while. Uh, I don't know what to do about that. The only Brandon, negative I can Brandon, think of right now. Brandon, Brandon, yeah, the guy in the flannel in the back with the beer. Hey, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. Uh, Steve Wait, that's Newman, me. Growler Magazine. That's me. No, that's me. I'm that's the guy me. in the flannel the guy in the, in the back with a, with a beard. Yeah, the Steve guy Newman, with Growler longer Magazine. Hair in the flannel. Um, yeah. Um, the uh, secondary aspects of this trade, I believe, uh, the Wolves got Jared Bayless and a second round pick. Mm-hmm. And the Sixers got Justin Patton. Do you have any thoughts on that aspect of the trade, or are those basically just ways to balance out the books? Nope. I don't know or care about any of those things as of now. None of them will probably end up mattering. So it's really, uh, to me, just Butler for those two dudes. Yes. Uh, Brandon, question for you. Yeah. Yep. Um, this is actually a question and then a follow-up question, depending on your answer to the first question. Is Dario Saric Serbian? And if he is, do we have evidence that he's actually not Nemanja? Is he be jelly or not? That's my question. Um, as you know, I'm a member of the Sportive Podcast, and we don't actually do any fact-checking. So I'm going to go ahead and say with full certainty, 100%, yes, he is Serbian. Um, and then after that, what am I going to say next? I don't think that he's... Uh, be jelly, but I think he's basically the same player, but plays a little more often. Uh, Which is great, right? Be jelly is doing well this year, and he can shoot some threes. So, uh, yeah, Sarich and Be jelly are, I guess I can't prove it. They very may, may well be the same person, although be really incredible. That'd be a very tough schedule for them, but hey, maybe he likes flying. I don't know. <laughs> Brandon! Brandon! Yep. Yeah, Stu. Yep. Yeah, hey, yeah, uh, Steve Newman, uh, City Pages Music. Um, do you think, uh, what is your ideal, like, starting five for the Timberwolves, or, like, a rotation that you are, how would you, like, run this team if you were not 
say, a, an anger-filled crazy person who currently runs the team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they legitimately have 10 solid, not amazing players, but, like, legitimate professional players. I would go Towns, Sarich, Covington, Wiggins, and Teague. And then on the bench, you've got Tyus. Oh, my God. Okogi, um, Taj, Tolliver, and D. Rose. So, not bad. Not bad at all. Ten guys. And then just basically what matters to me is that they are... They should be more fun to watch. Again, Butler is just a... At least in our system, just dribbled the ball so goddamn much. That part was tough to watch. And another thing that sucked about um, Butler is that he came with expectations. And you guys know, as fans of the Wolves, we have talked about this on the show a million times, we are fully aware that the Timberwolves are never going to win an NBA championship. Never, ever, ever going to win. Might not even make it to the finals. But So you continue to watch them just because they're generally basketball is fun to watch. But when you get a good player like Butler, all of a sudden there's like expectations that they're supposed to be winning. The Wolves are more fun when no one in the broader national landscape gives a shit about them. And when no one really cares if they win or not, then you can just sort of have a stress-free evening of, of watching them get just obviously crushed. Um, so that's where they're at again. And they've got lower expectations and you know, my feeling about expectations, they're at resentments waiting to happen. So they don't have those anymore. And now they can just be a little bit more fun while still probably sucking. And that's okay. So I like it. I definitely like it for the for the wolves. Brandon, uh, question from John Marthaler. Uh, One John more, Marthaler. and then I, I got to John Marthaler. Mar- uh-huh. If they beat the Pelicans tonight, are you prepared to say that they're going to the playoffs? I've got the parade route written um, on my my graph paper, but it's in pencil, so I reserve the right to rip it out and throw it away. Um, no, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, no, I don't think so. Whatever. That's fine. Okay. Brandon. Brandon. Oh, yeah, one more. One last question. Yeah, uh, Stu, I wrote for MinPost once. Um, um, <laughs> yeah. So what? what's your takeaway for your beloved Philadelphia 76ers? Oh, boy. Well, here's where delusion starts to set in. Yep. So please don't judge me. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense for for the Sixers, too. I mean, they have two other really good players. You might as well make a move. Kind of risky, but uh, Butler should be fit in pretty decent with them over there. Uh, they blew a lead uh, tonight. Butler didn't play a whole lot or wasn't involved a whole lot. So maybe it's not a good thing. But um, he's not like the man for that team. And if he becomes it, then I'm going to be very sad. Uh, which of course he probably will now just screwing me over. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be fun. The playoffs will be just, I think they will be fun this year. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Um, John. Follow up, um, well, no, no, I have a follow up about Markel Fultz crying. <laughs> I don't know if how that's fast will it take yet, Jimmy Butler to, I, I imagine will Jimmy be Butler with, make him cry. Right. In the next couple of days, that'll, that will for, for sure be happening, which, uh, you know, that's kind of sad, but also uh, 
he is a grown man. I don't, and he doesn't know how yeah, to shoot I a free throw. So I think sometimes he, he, no, maybe he, crying does, is good for him. Maybe it's a cathartic sort of thing. I know that some people see a lot of value in just like letting it all out, and that could be the key to pumped, unlocking Markel Fultz. He pump fakes on free throws, Brandon. Yep, yep. That was that's weird. That's really weird. That's really weird, Brandon. I think it's really weird, and I also think that he has basically just become NBA's Rick Ankiel. And <laughs> that's very, very sad. But now, again, expectations for him are so low that he'll have like a decent game, and people just will go absolutely apeshit if he has like 10 points in a game. And that's not too bad of a place to be either. So, But, yeah, I am feeling for that dude so much. It's it's actually, like, sometimes painful, just like the Rick Ankeel experience or, like, John Lester when you see a dude that's, like, his lead at first base is, like, 30 feet. You just go, oh, oh, I don't want this to – I just don't want to see this. I don't want yeah. to see it. Somebody bunch just, on John Lester, and you're like, turn the channel. I can't God watch. God damn it. <laughs> I know. I can't watch a man confront all of his fears at once. No, it's not good. It's not good at all. So, yeah, it's uh, it's tough. Um, yeah, I do have an be, update, yeah, by the way. Um, a quick update. I know the game is ongoing right now, mm-hmm. um, but I know um, this will for old Randball heads. This will make everyone happy. Uh, Mike Aran says the team looks really good right now. Oh no! Is that the case? He says death? the team looks really good and this is a bummer because i think everybody like a week and a half ago checked their batteries because it was daylight saving time yeah we just did so that. i mean everyone's everyone's got their fire i mean people are everyone's schedule is going to be all fucked up now i know your it's circadian ri- the michael rand violating your circadian rhythms is not cool no exactly oh man yeah very true uh, okay, but that's my thoughts on uh, on the trade. And then, John, uh, you and I made a bet four years ago on who would have the most wins over the next five years, the Wolves or the Sixers. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, the context of that was the Sixers were terrible. He I was... was the biggest Sam Hinkie fan on planet Earth, and I said <clears throat> that even though the, the Wolves had, like, I don't know who, Rubio and Love or something at the time, so they were, like, okay – and the bet was I thought the Sixers were going to get good in a hurry. And then the Sixers won like four games a year for two years. And then they came back with a couple extra wins uh, over the Wolves the past few years. So we've got an update now. And this is our, our four-year, uh, through four years of our five-year bet. Four, and yeah. you told me before we started recording that you wanted to give an update. And you had actually been tracking and I hadn't. So something tells me. This is not good news for me. Well, I I still think it's amazing how excited you were about a team that was literally constructed to be as bad as it possibly could be. The Sixers were they were tanking to a level that makes every other tanking team in any sport just ashamed. They were it was so obvious and so blatant, and you loved it so much, and it just made me so furious mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I lost my head a little bit, and I bet on a franchise whose <laughs> only constant is mismanagement. It's the, the worst most, franchise in professional sports history. That's it's, what you. It's the mm-hmm. most poorly run franchise in professional sports history that wasn't run by an out and out overt racist. 
<laughs> like you take the Clippers under Donald Sterling out of the equation, and the Timberwolves are the worst. And they've lurched from bad. They they've gone from they they had Sam Mitchell was involved for part of this five year tenure, and he, he was the oh, last guy Sam. anywhere. You know, he was literally telling people not to take three pointers because you made less of them. Even though he he just couldn't seem to understand that a three pointer was worth more than a two pointer. All like, he cared he would, about was like a crisp pick, a crisp would, back pick was all that. You like, get extra points th- for that, right? You'd show him a number three and a number two, and he'd be like, "No, I don't believe it. I don't believe." Get out of my face, this nerd! Is, this is not right. We're going to take right. two pointers because you're closer to the basket. It's easier right. to make them. Yeah. Get out of my face with these numbers. Anyway, I, I don't want to get caught up in making fun of Sam Mitchell, but this is the kind of thing. And now it's Thibodeau, and he's just he's worse in a completely different way, and this franchise is awful, and this franchise is garbage. And I say all of that because after four years of this bet, and I'll even yeah, include I know this year. Said that. I'll, okay. uh, I'll even include this year when the Sixers, everyone's still excited about the Sixers. Like, oh, man, the Sixers, they're... They're, they're up and coming. Here comes Jimmy Butler, and the Timberwolves are the laughing stock of the league yet again. And the, the Sixers have nine wins this year, and mm-hmm. the Timberwolves have five wins. Mm-hmm. And that uh, that brings the Sixers total to 117 wins since we started this bet, and the Timberwolves <laughs> total to 128 wins. <laughs> so even with all this nonsense and all of your love of Sam Hinkie's plan, to rebuild uh-huh. the Philadelphia 76ers franchise, even after four and a six years, you're still 11 wins behind. Of the worst franchise, non-racist division in the history yeah. of professional sports. It's uncanny. It's, it's fair to say there is no one who trusted the process more than me. No. I still trust it. I still love the process. I love it so much. Yeah, not a great look out of me. Okay, so you probably have this, but I've still got... I just have to make up 11 wins, and it's going to be probably yeah. pretty close. I it actually the, could end up being very close. If it's a tie, that's going to be real frustrating. I bet the Wolves are probably, right now, Vegas over-under is probably something like 39. And the Sixers is probably something like 51, 52. So that would... You already counted the wins for this year, so I would lose. But it could be pretty tight. What if I told you that Andrew Wiggins looks like a man reborn? He looks like he's been released from captivity and he's breathing free air again. I would say, John, I've seen this mo- that movie 50 times. And, what if I told and it's you... ended the exact same way, all 50. What if I told you he's crashing the boards with abandon and has made two amazing defensive plays in the fourth quarter of this important game against the New Orleans Pelicans? All right, hold on, hold on. To this game... Or two in one quarter. Two in one quarter. Two in the last well, couple of minutes. That's fucked up, man. That's weird. Something, something's up. Something's going on. That is weird. And he's not even playing. He's not even playing Toronto. He's not playing. The curse has been lifted. I think. <laughs> All the bad yeah. juju is gone. He can speak English again. He's been speaking only French for the last three years. It's the such curse a funny that Jimmy thing. Jimmy Butler put on him. It's such a funny thing about basketball, and I think it's probably unique to basketball, is that they, by all accounts, got, well, we'll see, of course, but if you looked at any of the betting, gambling sites, whatever, they got worse, right, wins-wise wins for this year. 
And yet I don't think any fan cares if they're fun to watch. Like it's so specific to basketball. Like, oh, well, I just want them to be fun to watch. There's not, there's not that in any other sport really. So we'll see. Uh, but I'm, I, I love, I love me some Bob Covington and I love me some Sarge. So I'm a happy man. Man, I just, all I want, it's gonna all I so want for Christmas this year is somehow it's, it's getting closer now. The, the dream was dead. Now the dream is alive a little bit. What I want for Christmas is I want Taylor to fire Thibodeau yes. and somehow trade Jeff Teague and Derek Rose away and get Ricky Rubio back. Oh, my God, John. We can restart the oh, whole thing. <laughs> I just, six to midnight, immediate six to midnight. Can you imagine oh. if Taylor fired Thibodeau and traded for Rubio and was like, all right, we're resetting this. We're going back to where we were before that awful angry man was here. We're going to try it again. Everything's going to be oh, fine. This team would be so fun to watch. And like, Okogi's looking good. He's like a perfect Rubio type guy. They're just such good defensive hustle, hustle types. Same with Covington. Yep. Oh, what? why did you even let that enter my brain? You asshole. That's all, I think. <laughs> That's all I'm going to think about now. That's it. That's all I care about. Oh, God. Well, anyway, the Wolves are fun to watch again. That's that's what I'll say. And I and I also will say I tend to watch the Wolves on pretty low volume cuz I got kids running around and all that shit, but um I don't know if I hear Tibbs screaming at the top of his lungs as much this year. Maybe he's given up. Maybe they just took the microphones so far to the other end of the court that you can't hear him berating his team. But is it possible that he is not quite as big a lunatic anymore? Maybe getting the absolute heck boot out of him at every single home game has chastened him a little bit. Maybe. Maybe he's humbled. It's possible. I've said it before. Actually, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but I say it all the time, and I think about it all the time. You know what this world needs more of? Humility. Just in general, every single person is so sure of themselves now. A little bit of humility, I think, could go a long way for everybody. So maybe Tibbs is one of them that's gotten a little... Gotten beaten down a little bit, a little bit humbled. I, I'm probably wrong. I mean, I'm usually wrong, but um, I don't know. Let's hope, and mostly let's hope that he gets fired soon. <laughs> that's the most humbling thing. Yeah, I think that's going to be when I start watching again. Is when he's gone. I, I have yet to watch a minute of Timberwolves basketball, even the Derrick Rose fifty point game, because I just don't like. Derek Rose. Oh, that was and so tough. I just, that was so tough to watch. Yeah. It was so exciting, and I also was like, ah. And then I'm trying to like do the math in my or the in my head of like, wait a minute, why is he? I know he's shitty. I'm trying to think of the exact reasons. I kind of know this circumstance, but I know he fucking sucks. While I'm watching basketball, yep. this is what's going through my head now. Uh, yeah, so we're too woke. Yeah, so that we're just uh, all too woke yeah. now. We are. I gotta tell you, the kids are too woke these days. They are. I, when I saw that the Timberwolves and the Pelicans were close, I've been watching this. This is, I think, my first Timberwolves game of the year, to be honest with you. I just wow, you guys bear, are just out. I couldn't bear to watch the Jimmy Butler saga play out because it was so sad and wrong and terrible. And now mm-hmm. he's gone, and I'm just, I'm really enjoying watching this team right now. <laughs> we are like, all born in a lot. Yeah. You know, I thought uh, an you know, interesting you know, point. Chicken Fingers is the one in the church parking lot, but 
all of our souls are the ones that got saved tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. I didn't see that coming. Uh, (laughs) um, You know, our good friend, uh, TV's Matt Brickman, uh, I love him to death. Um, Good guy. Good guy. Really good guy. Uh, Underrated, really good basketball player. Did you guys know this about Matt Brickman? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's a dad baller mm-hmm. now, and uh, he uh, he plays about as good a defense as, let's say, Jeff Teague. He's basically a matador out there, but you know he's got good footwork. <laughs> so he's actually uh, he's actually he's, checking his phone while he's. Oh yeah, defense. of course he's taking pics, Insta stories, all that shit. Yeah, but he's uh, you know he's got some he's got some game. Anyway, um, he said that he actually still liked Butler through this whole saga because he thought that the organization was. A disaster, and all Butler did was shine a light on it. Now, I think that's untrue. I think Butler is a dick, but there's something to that too. There's something about him just being a little maybe too flagrant about it, but it kind of exposed Tibbs as, and we've talked about this before, as being a total um, a shitty human. So there's some value to that. So we owe him a tiny bit of thank you while also still hating his guts. I would say that. I mean, it's it, it's hard to get in these into these the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of calculations. Like, well, Butler ruined the franchise, but he also made Tibbs look like an idiot. So that's good, I guess. But I still want <clears throat> Jimmy Butler fired into space. So it's, yeah, this is how you end up rooting for the meteorites. That's so true. Well, should we move on? This was some good talk. I'm really happy we got to talk this out. Boy, I'm just I happy few... to be a Timberwolves fan again. That's what I'm happy about. Yes, exactly. I did not know you guys were so far gone mm-hmm. uh, from being Wolves fans. I've still been. I haven't been watching as much. You're right. The Butler uh, era kind of took it out of me. Um, but uh, I have still been watching a fair amount. So, well, I'm happy to welcome you back into the fold. We're so happy to have you. No, and I'm the so Wolves. Good to be here. We can now report, which is our favorite tradition here, is talking about live sports scores as if we're on the actual radio, which will mm-hmm. never happen, of course. Uh, no. They did win. The Wolves won tonight. So that's... So they're going to the playoffs. They're playoffs, baby. Yep. Parade route. Woohoo! Andrew Wiggins. So we've talked about this, I think, before. Um, the My key to seeing if Wiggins had a good game or not uh, really comes down to does he have 10 total uh, if you combine... Rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. And if any time he ever has less than 10 total of those four categories, he sucks, he's a piece of shit, and we should yell at him because he's too athletic to not have 10 total of that. And tonight he did well. Six rebounds, four assists, three steals, and a block. So you're right, John. He was a man possessed tonight. Here we go. And now he's not going to play a good game until mid-February. But uh, I hate you so much. We'll take it. <laughs> we'll take it. Okay, uh, let's move on. I have questions for you guys. This is how we typically do things, so let's do it uh, tonight as well. I'm going to start with Stu. Uh, All right, what's up? Stuart, who do you have for uh, for your Vikings versus my beloved Bears this weekend? Who's going to win that game? Boy, boy, that's a toughie. That's uh, the start of a really, really tough four-game stretch for the Vikings. And um, uh, for one, I can't believe we're actually talking about the most popular team in town on our sports podcast, Oops. which we didn't bother to do the last episode at all. But yeah. it's, uh, 
Ah, uh, yes, them. Um, yeah, those guys. Uh, man, I I honestly don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen on Sunday. I don't know how healthy uh, the Vikings are. I think Diggs will be back, but I think they're still pretty banged up on defense. Um, Chicago's playing well, but they haven't. I mean, they have played nobody good at all. Um, so they're kind of. It's hard to say. Khalil Mack is awesome. Mm-hmm. So I think everyone knows, and I know um, uh, Chicken Fingers uh, speculates that uh, Khalil might throw Kirk Cousins out of the stadium with one arm, <laughs> chocolate style, um, yeah. which is which would be a penalty, which would help the Vikings get field position perhaps, but then they would have to rely on their backup quarterbacks. So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. yeah I don't, I yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. I I. I really don't. Um, it's. I think if you guys, I know a lot of our listeners are deer hunters. Um, I, the game got rescheduled to Sunday night, so you can get out in the stand and shoot Bambi in the face. I think there's still deer hunting this weekend. I don't really give a shit, but sport I think effect. there is sport effect. Could you guys? It's okay, let's effect. let's be really quick though. <laughs> Have either of you ever shot a shot a deer? No, no. Could you shoot a deer? Like. Probably is it physically like, possible? I, I, no, not I physically. Are, are you okay? Like, like I just am becoming such a softy. I know for a fact if I was in a stand and a deer was like just ambling around in front of me and like stopped to eat some whatever they're eating leaves, whatever, uh, and I had the open shot, I would. I, I don't think I could do it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could pull the trigger. I'm uh, that big a, of a wuss. I have a counterpoint to that. Have you ever tasted like venison sticks? Yeah, well, I'm I'm one of They're those uh, fake uh, activists good. because my family shoots deer and I eat the shit out of it. It tastes yeah. so good; <laughs> it's amazing. So yeah, yeah. I just whatever, I'm too big of a wuss, I think, to pull the trigger. I don't know if you're seeing Bambi or what you're seeing there, but I'm seeing one walking venison <laughs> stick that I just have to shoot one time. <laughs> so you take her down. So yeah, you absolutely, one hundred percent. All right, so it's just me. God damn it. Uh, okay, uh, back to the game. Sorry, Stu. Um, so yeah, I, uh, it's Sunday night, uh, primetime, Alan, Chris and, uh, Michelle Tafoya. Mm. And I don't know what's going to happen. All I know it's a road game in Chicago. Even when they're good, they lose weird stuff happens every year. They are in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just get, I think the bears are three point favorite. So it means it's a, Vegas thinks it's a tie. I will pick the bears just because the weird shit happens. You know, somehow, they're doing... means I... Go ahead, John. Sorry. Um, now we... oh, okay, yeah. um, somehow the Bears go, are awarded uh, nine points for every touchdown they score at Soldier Field. I don't know how it happens, but Stu's right. Weird stuff it's happens. It's weird. It is so weird. Alternate dimensions yeah. open. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's weird. Yeah, I kind of feel like maybe not in, in the way they look, but they've they got a similar vibe to the Vikings last year where they have a quarterback where you're like, mm, I don't think that quarterback's very good. He might have a game that's pretty good every once in a while, but I think he's pretty bad, and they're going to come back to earth soon. But then you look on the other side, and they've got a killer defense, and the quarterback doesn't need to do a ton. He doesn't need to throw for 400 yards. And so even though it feels somewhat offensively like smoke and mirrors, that's that's okay. They have a more exciting, I think, offense than the Vikings did last year, or maybe not last year, but than they've typically had. Um, but their defense is so good that it's can kind of keep them in games. So kind of copping our style. It's weird yeah, that they're good. I mean, I it's Jesus. yeah, it's it's hard to say. And the, and the thing is, if they lose this one, their next three games are difficult. They have uh, Packers at home and then on the road against New England and Seattle. So yeah, they're the rest of the, they're, yeah the rest of the schedule after that is pretty easy. Okay, but they pretty they I think two and two in these next four games they probably get in the playoffs. Anything lower than that, it's gonna be a stretch. Anything better than that, and then you can start like thinking about playoff matchups because that means they have like con- they have done really well. But I I think two and two is a any fan would that should actually be looking for the next four games. Right. You know that I'm into I'm into the numbers and the data. I just love diving on in. I mean I love the being mm-hmm. in the film film room. Most most of all. The all twenty two is where I feel yeah. happiest. But I also like to dive yeah. into the numbers. Um and the Vikings defense for the first few games this year was uh I don't know, abysmal. Is that fair? Horseshit? They weren't good. They weren't good. Not good, not great, Bob. Um, but I just checked our favorite uh, website, Football Outsiders, and they are now up to the seventh best defense in the league. So they've had some good games. So they're back. They're back, baby. And their special teams is twenty fifth as usual. That's kind of where I feel like I'm not going to look this up, and you're not going to. You can't make me. Uh, but I feel like they're about that. Nobody looked this and up, I, and Wade I still have no it. idea how that that stupid asshole that's running special teams has a job. It's, quite confusing to me or maybe it's a new guy honestly <laughs> no it's the same guy the same guy's still here <laughs> i said that and realized i have no idea what i'm talking about mid-sentence like <laughs> oh my god i'm i guess i'll just keep talking and see what happens i feel like any any moment in which you're complaining about a position coach not a coordinator necessarily but a position coach mm-hmm. you know that it's a good time for self-reflection where you start complaining about like a tight ends coach and you're like, Oh, I, right. I've, I've gone too far. This is trying to get far. these guys under control. <laughs> like what? Huh? I can't understand why these linebackers coaches aren't. Oh, what am I doing here? What am I <laughs> oh doing my with my life? Oh my God. Ooh. Yep. Uh, very true. Okay. So you think the bears by a, by a little bit. Yeah. All right, I think that they've had a little bit of bad luck this year, and they got one coming to them. So they're going to get some sort of couple lucky breaks and win this one. That'd be great. Yeah, yep. 24-20, yeah. 
to. Yeah, I mean, you win this one and then beat the Packers next week, and then you like drop two to New England and Seattle, and it's not the end of the world, really. It's fine. You know, I yeah. know this will never Let's shape play. up the way that we. Let's play. That's uh, <laughs> it'll never shape up the way that we want it to, but the there are some really good teams in the NFL this year that are really fun to watch. I feel like I've been bitching about the NFL yeah. for years and I haven't been paying like, I, I think you guys probably pay more attention than me, but I just feel like New Orleans um, and the Rams the Kansas City and the Chiefs and the, yeah, fun to watch. Yeah, just really, really fun to watch. And that doesn't even mention like the Vikings are could totally mm-hmm. be one of those teams. And the Patriots, those fuckers are always decent. And the Steelers, who knows? Yeah. But man, if it's one of those, if it's two of those three teams in the in the Super Bowl, that would be a would be a real delight. Yeah, yeah. Rams and Chiefs play on Monday night. That'll be a fun one for the for the kids. Oh Video yeah. game numbers. Oh yeah. Okay. If you're gonna move that. on, does that sound okay? okay. Yep, the next question is for John. Um, Jonathan, uh, how much did you cry during the Joe Maurer retirement press conference? Uh, less than Joe did. Just... Okay. Uh, All I right. can say that for sure. Uh, what were you, I... you just feeling your mortality? Well, I think anytime, anytime you start seeing people who are younger than you retire <laughs> with gray hair, then it's very gray. Yeah. It, it's trouble to understand what's going on. Like, I think about, like, NHL guys. The guys who I remember were in college when I was in college are now, like, wily veterans who mm-hmm. don't play all the time. And the guys that, when I was doing prep sports stuff, that I covered when they're in high school, they're, like, on to their free agent contracts now and, like, in the prime of their careers. And it started happening that... Guys who were born after I graduated from high school have started entering the league. And so it's just, there's there's a wave. There's a wave of youth coming and time is still undefeated. So there was some mortality, but mm-hmm. honestly, with, with Joe Maurer, I just, I just ended up being happy that he was happy. You know what I mean? Sure. So... The press conference was it was it was kind of fun. It was kind of fun to see him one last time talking about stuff, talking about stuff that he never really talked about during his career because he felt like he couldn't or he felt like he shouldn't. And so I, I'm kind of hoping that in retirement he becomes cranky and old and starts talking about, starts telling stories about the time that Justin Morneau snuck into the Indians clubhouse and took off his pants and just rubbed his butt all over every surface he could reach in the Indians clubhouse and that sort of stuff. All those stories Mm -hmm. he knows he doesn't tell maybe now they come out. What do you think his post career, when are we going to hear from him? How often? Well, I going to be a Latroy Hawkins type shows up on the broadcasts and no, I think he'll be a, I think he'll be kind of a Paul Molitor type where, Remember before Paul Molitor was the manager, even the bench coach, when he would be a roving special instructor or whatever, and he was just sort of like this ghost hovering around 
doing stuff, but you had no idea what. I think that'll be Maurer. Yeah, I think he'll be he'll be the guy who goes to spring training every year, and he's some special instructor, and the team wheels him out of functions. Like, you know how even now you go to Target Field if you walk by one of the elevators or walk through the concourse, there's a pretty good chance that at some point you're going to see Tony Oliva. I think that's going to be Maurer. Yeah, just sort of uh, the the. the He's sort of the twin emeritus. He'll be the new one of those. But he's, even in that role, will still be a polarizing person. Don't you think? Like, I don't think the the Ford F-150 Coon Rapids bros are ever going to be like, you know what? Now that I think about it, he was pretty good. He was pretty good. Now those guys can go screw themselves. Yeah. Oh, they're wrong. They're very wrong. But I don't see this as being like, a, hey, once he gets older, I might start to realize. Because I think what... Obviously, that offense coming from a catcher is not a thing that they, the bros think about too much. So that just may be it. But I love him. Joe, we love you very much. He's a listener, so talk to him directly. Okay. Is uh, Stuart anything to add, or should we move on? Just, you know, I'm, I, I've lost my muse for Twinkie Towns, so I don't really know. What, what the next step is for me in writing about the twins in the off season because I can always just do Joe Mauer plus concept equals five hundred words, and now I now I got there's a whole, a whole other jokes that I have to come up, up with and then recycle for years, and I haven't quite figured out how I'm going to do that yet. So just uh, mm-hmm. bear with me, people. It's not it's not easy. It's not easy. God, it's it's right it. itself. No. Mm-hmm. Well, I have faith in you. I know. I'll think. I'll think of something. All right, Stu. My next question is for you. Oh shit! Okay, Mister Puck. Oh yeah. Are our wild back, baby? You you know I think um, if if you're like me, you check the standings every oh, day. Yeah. You know, Hell yeah. see how see how the see how how those West Coast games shook out. And uh, it turns out our Wild are only three uh, points back of the division-leading uh, Nashville Predators, my, my Perds. Your Perds. And only one game – they're only one game back in the loss column. And and that's saying a lot because, um, you know, Peter LaViolette has really got my Perds. You know, they're humming right now. They're doing well. And to see the Wild after a really rough start uh, – uh, sort of clawed their way back in it. They sounds like they found themselves in a long road trip, and uh, there there's a chance that uh, they they might might be might be a little scrappy this year. Might uh, I know um, John and Chicken Fingers basically had them dead and buried earlier this year. Haters, um, haters with the Z. Haters, and and I mean I I had said some pretty um, untoward thing, but again I'm more of a Perds guy. You're a Perds guy. I mean, I mean, I mean you a, have to. I'm, you saw them coming, yeah, so I, the claws came real, out. Real Purge hours, um, but it's now the Wild are they're back and they're you know they're I think you know maybe they're an interesting team to watch and I will admit that I have not watched more than five minutes of Wild hockey this season, <laughs> that's, but that's okay. um, <laughs> but um, the numbers you're, do not lie. You're and still I Mr. Think we need to Yeah, and I think we need to turn it over to John to maybe get some analysis on this, John. Well, I one of the odd things about the Wild is that I wouldn't say they are 
necessarily even playing all that well, but they're finding ways to win, as Stu mentioned, almost on a nightly basis. They, uh, we talked a lot before the season about how it felt like they needed everything to go right for them to stay where they were, and for the most part, they've been healthy. So, in the sense, in a sense, that's gone right. But some of their some of their guys that really are getting into the years that they need to produce, like Charlie Coyle and Nino Niederreiter, and the the I felt like the Wild really needed those guys to get back to their potential. Or I guess I should say reach their potential rather than always being sort of having that potential just be just out of reach. And Niederreiter struggled and Coyle has struggled and a, a number of other guys have struggled as well, but they keep finding ways to win. And I think part of that is that they've played a lot of not very good teams, but part of that is that they've got a veteran team and it's not a very... It's the dad team. It's not like the college, the 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 college young bucks team that's up and down, and they're a different team on Tuesday than they are on Thursday. The Wild are pretty much just always the same thing. They're like your dad. He takes off. He comes home from work. He has supper. Goes downstairs. Sits in the same chair. Watches the same stuff on TV every night. That's the Wild every night. Same channel. So. They're not, I, I don't know if they're amazing. I don't think you can look at their really good run, as Stu mentioned, and say that this is definitely something that's going to keep going for the rest of the year. But it's certainly better than the alternative because they were not that far away from going the other way. I think one of the weird things about this run and their 16 games into the season. I'm not sure how many games they've played, but I think they've fallen behind in something like 12 out of those 16 games or something like that. Just ridiculous. And yet they still have one of the better records in the NHL. So it's an odd situation. Uh, listeners to chime in here. I'm so sorry. We lost some audio before, but so we just, uh, we cut in some audio from the last six years of the wild <laughs> that we just put into here. So hopefully that still makes somewhat yeah. sense. That Not might exactly be relevant. But... Not sure. Need so a writer sorry. struggling. Check. Technical Dad team, old team. Check. <laughs> yep. Everything checks out. Uh, okay. Uh, Jonathan, next question is for you. Um, what is going on with the Gopher football team? They're the worst team on the planet, and then they're good again. Help me out, man. What's I happening? I have absolutely no idea. Next question. All right. John. Neither does anyone else. <laughs> Neither does anyone else. No one has any idea. P.J. Fleck has no idea. Who do idea. they play? Who do they play this weekend, John? Uh, they play Northwestern this weekend. Notre Dame. Oh, No, okay. they don't play Notre Dame this weekend. <laughs> they play right, Northwestern, Northwestern this weekend. one. Northwestern won one of the divisions, right? Northwestern won, won the Big Ten West. Northwestern will be in the Big Ten title game. Uh, Northwestern also lost all three of their non-conference games this year, one of which was to Akron. So that tells you about how well the Big Ten West is playing this year. Wow. And mm. nothing nothing would make more sense in the Big Ten West this year than if Minnesota just beat the absolute crap out of Northwestern this weekend. 
That would make well, perfect they did, sense. Do, they, they did that to Purdue, and I think Purdue beat Northwestern. So I, yeah. anything's possible. No, I think Northwestern pulled out that Purdue. It was the first game of the year, and it seemed like neither team had had a practice before the game started. So, Ah, cool and fun. It's... It's a weird year. There's there's absolutely no telling what is going to happen. I would not be surprised if you told me the game was 55 nothing. it would surprise me zero for that to go either way. You'd still have to ask who won. Yeah, I would still have to be like, yeah. wow. <laughs> so <laughs> I need more. Are I need more than that. Or... Yeah. Um, and they need to win one of their final two games to get bowl eligible. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. And they're not going to win their last game because it's at Wisconsin. Well, again, Big Ten West this year. Would you be entirely surprised? um, I think that would actually probably get Roycey to say something nice about Fleck if they were to win at Wisconsin, I think. Now that would be something. I don't have, yeah, I don't have Roycey's number, but I think he would actually say something nice about Fleck if he were to do that. I might even do that. I got to say I just can't imagine how happy I would be if Northwestern would beat Michigan in the Big Ten title game and ruin Michigan's chance of getting into the college football playoff. That would be wonderful. That would be great. I would really that would enjoy be great. that. That's what I want to happen now. That Michigan's top five right now, right? Yeah, I think that's right. And yeah, if somehow wow. Notre Dame could also end up out of there, mm. that would be hilarious too. Wow. Uh, do you hate Michigan uh, just the same that you always hit Michigan, or do you hate them especially this season or because of the Harbaugh thing? No, kind of I hate blanket I hate hatred. Michigan about the same. <laughs> I would say my hatred of Michigan has stayed very real but very steady through the last <laughs> 35 years of my life. Set your watch by it. That's good. Yeah. you got to have some of those things in your life. It's, it's the Johnny Unitas haircut of yeah. my anger. You keep <laughs> <laughs> There's your show title. There we go. Johnny. Um, okay. Uh, well, John, if you don't have a ton to say about Gopher football, can you talk to us about Gopher hoops? <laughs> I can't exactly, except I, I I need somebody to I need somebody to tell me about the new court at Williams Arena, and I need you guys to talk me down a little bit. Stu, okay. I'm going to need you to talk me down. No, I'm not going to because it's awful. It looks like, remember the episode of Friends where Ross got those veneers put on his teeth and they glowed in the dark? Sure, That's of what the floor looks like. I did that is what you. the floor looks like at all times. <laughs> it is Ross Geller's teeth. It's so bad. And I know that Williams Arena was like dingy and dark and gross and the rat infested raised The whole thing felt like a hallway somehow. The entire thing I was a hallway. Bill- but still, as far as I know, Bill Musselman lived under the floor until the day he died, and that's just where he lived, and people were okay with it because he was Bill Musselman, and it no was one was going to say, hey, "You 90s. can't do that." It happened. Yeah. So, yeah, I it's now you. I, they had a shot on one of the local uh, sports uh, TV things. Oh yeah, newscast. That's what they're called, and they showed the Gophers playing on the court, and it was just. I thought it was a road game. Right, but it, no, it's just this bright white wood, and it it it's untoward, John. It's unseemly. It is unseemly. Us white dads hate it. 
Somebody told me, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I choose to believe that it is true. Someone told me that the reason it's like bleached white is that it was supposed to be like reclaimed barnwood, which just if that's true, if that's true, it makes me far more furious. Brandon, I know, I know that you are you are the marketing expert of the podcast of Minnesota. Yep, of Minnesota, Mm -hmm. but yes. You you can't tell me that actual marketing people were involved in being like, well, it's called the barn. What if we make it look like a barn? It already looks like a barn. That's why it's called the barn. You don't have to drive the point home. Let's paint yeah, a that cow be- on the floor so people know. No, you don't have to paint a cow on the floor. It's fine. That's a real Hail Mary. I, I'm going to go ahead and hope that no marketing people were involved with that. That's not even marketing. I what it, It's just pure stupidity yes yes exactly anyway, which we do sometimes but it's different and i hate it and i hate it because it's different uh-huh. but i also hate it because it's bad i'm 100 with you on all counts you know uh we were joking about the your wild segment being the exact same thing we've been talking about for six years but i feel like the gophers are entering entering the same territory again as mentioned, I love the numbers, baby. I love looking up the data and the uh, analytics. So I went to Ken Palm. Uh, Ken Pomeroy is one of the um, big numbers yeah. geeks for, for basketball. My buddy, Ken Palm, and he's got the Minnesota Gophers. And he may just have not have updated his website in the last six years, but they're the 49th best team in the country. <laughs> have we been saying that the exact yes. same number every yeah. goddamn year? If if you went into, I'm sure he has like a standings page and stuff that updates after every victory, and it, it's got all the ratings and stuff. But you, if you go into the code that runs that page, you're yeah. gonna find that there's a hard coded value in there that just says 49 Minnesota. 49. That's Minnesota. Everybody else moves up and down, but Minnesota stays right at 49. Right. Yeah. So that's where they're at, and that's just probably where they're going to be the entire time. So what happens for the Gophers, if I can uh, try to look into my crystal ball, uh, there's two outcomes that happen. One is the good outcome, which they just completely run their non-conference table, and at some point they're like 16-3, and and they're like the 19th-ranked team in the country. And then conference game starts. And then they lose the next like fourteen games, and they end up like seven, sixteen, and seventeen, and they miss the playoffs. And that's the best one. The bad scenario is most of their guys get hurt or suspended or arrested or deported uh, pretty quickly, and they're bad from the get go. So those are the two outcomes that we've seen in the Rick, Richard Pitino, Low Richie uh, era. So I can't wait to see which one this is going to be. Hurt, suspended, deported. What was the other one? Hurt, sus- hurt, arrested, suspended, and deported is the Patino quadfecta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like bingo because you get the free space, right? Oh man, I don't know. I just we've talked about it a million times, but I just would love if Gopher Hoops was good, just good. I don't need him to be Duke, but just solid. That's all I want. And now, I mean, now that Lindsey Whalen is the coach of the women's team, Rick, Ricky Patino's team is not even the most popular team that plays at Williams Arena. So, right, he's got nope. some work to do. <sighs> yeah. 
Okay, that's yep, 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 is that yep, all we got yep. for Gopher hoops? I think so. Okay. Um, do you guys have any other parting uh, burning topics? I just want to um, hear about Dan. Maybe Oh, I got one more sports thing All real right. quick. Sports uh, and deadline. Just want to do a no. I just want to do a shout out. It's uh, I think we're in. It may almost be like a renaissance, but it's the top three teams in college hockey are all from Minnesota. It's amazing. Um, so yeah, if you look at the USCHO rankings, you'll see uh, Duluth, Mankato, and Saint Cloud in the top three, just setting the tone for the state of Minnesota. As they and do. And then if you get right. Yeah, and then if you get down to where Arizona State is, Minnesota is also ranked in the top 1920. Oh, that's so not bad. Good for they're, Minnesota. They're, oh, they're, they're, they're scrappers. They're trying really hard. And just, I mean, you got you know the Cadillac programs and then the program that gets all the good players, and they're almost as good as Arizona State. So congrats to them, and congrats to Duluth and St. Cloud and Mankato. But they've got Arizona State like in their crosshairs, though. Like they could oh, potentially overcome Arizona State. That's a really good stretch they, goal for them this year. If they get they get past them, they can get to Cornell next. You know, I think if you beat if you're above Arizona State, that's hang the hang a banner. The Ivies of the Pac-10, and then you take out then you take on Cornell. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. you got some real. You got some. That's a stepping stone right there, son. You're almost with the big boys at that point. Fair. That's you know. I mean, baby steps. They're a new program. I th- yes, they're they're yes. a new program. I believe. They. I think so. Uh, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, this no, is I, um entirely just to make sure that Chicken Fingers listens to the show. We'll see how my yeah. how my tweet my tweet mentions are tomorrow. We'll see how that goes. We buried this one pretty deep, and we still have no yeah. idea what on earth he's been doing in a church parking lot. So I'm going to say the odds yeah. of you getting an angry note from chicken is uh let me go with about about 15 percent his, his, what he does is he takes a band that i really like and just says something horrible about them like michael stipe should have drowned in a bathtub i That's heard it. him you know just you know he's played that really card a few times stuff. it's pretty yeah, good it's, it, it's it, good it always hurts it always hurts it always hurts so he knows how to get me so yeah but okay yes, we, can, we can move on to the dad portion of the program that's good I had I put dad life on the uh, on the old agenda here. I don't have a lot to say, like story wise. I just had a, a an overall question for you two, and I don't know um, either of you or neither have to answer. How is your um, how is your dad rage level? Do you have dad rage? That's like a common funny thing that they say happens to all dads. And uh, just curious, John, can I can I ask you? Have you become a little bit more do you fly off the handle at all now that you're a dad versus when you weren't a dad? Is the oh. is the fuse a little bit shorter? And have you I thought would, about that and why that's happening? I would you? say the exact opposite is true. <laughs> so now you're just you're cool as a cucumber. Well, because here's the thing. You guys know that what causes 100% of my rage in life is Minnesota sports teams. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and... Having uh, having a daughter has really, really not only prevented me from knowing what's going on with Minnesota sports in many cases, but also when you're holding a small child, it just makes it that much harder to really let loose with 
it turned up to 11 sure. like I'd like to. Back before I had kids, I could just I could just let it all out, no filter, didn't matter what I said. Now it's like, well, she learns words real quick. I cannot I cannot express to Troy Aikman just what a poor job he's doing broadcasting this game without yeah. my daughter repeating some of these words to her mother and then I'll be in trouble for a long time. But so getting out of the sports realm, you have not found your fuse to be any shorter in regular life. Uh, no, but I only have one child, so that makes okay. a big difference. Uh, Stu, what about you? Did you ever experience like, wow, I, I, I have a shorter fuse than I used to. Is that a thing that happened to you? Um, no, I don't now. I don't think so. I maybe during a couple of Celia's basketball games, but that would have been, you know, just because there's just only so many times you can watch a checked out ref, watch, you know, your daughter get absolutely steamrolled by some farm kid from Foley. It's just, there's only so much you can, <laughs> yeah, there's only so much you can hold in. Um, not that Celia didn't get hers twice, tenfold. And we'd have to get the car running before we the game was even over and get her shuttled out there before <laughs> the parents came after us because she liked to foul hard. God bless her. Um, sure. Um, but no, I I that that would be the extent of that. I didn't. I mean, and I also I, I think it's just that that's it's just I think my that's just how I am wired. I mean, for Christ's sake, I commute to the city three days a week, and I don't like get road rage i just get road resignation more than anything else mm-hmm. so i and that comes I, yeah, natural I think to you or did you like i have think kind of it's no it's just i think it's just the way i'm built there's some oh. guys you know are always type a all the time and to their detriment and i just that's just i can't do it man i just it's not in me and i i also do think it makes a difference here Stu had Two daughters. I have one daughter. You have two sons, Brandon. Mm-hmm. I, I think that makes a difference. And I'm basing this partially on Chicken Fingers' experiences with his son. Oh, wearing like yeah. uh Just making every effort to try to make him even crazier than he already is. Just a master class in trolling. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. There should be a documentary made about his son. So, Brandon, mm-hmm. you are you experiencing the dad rage? Is the dad rage happening to you? You know, I have um, I I have a very overactive brain. I need like a hundred percent mental stimulation just overall, so just to help set the scene. That's just who I am, uh, neurotic or whatever you want to call it. That's that that's me. Um, but one thing I've been uh, just I think sort of ongoing obsessed about is like tracking my mood and then trying to understand why my mood is a certain way. Because sometimes, I mean, you guys have experienced it too. You're just sort of in a funk for a day. And it's like, why Why is this? Sometimes you don't know, right? Sometimes it's because you didn't get enough sleep or because of work or because of this, that, whatever. But I, I try to do a really good job of tracking that. And like, for example, I noticed um, when after I exercise, I'm like the happiest person on the planet. There's something I hate exercise, but I love how happy I am after exercise right so i'm just always sort of monitoring that so i exercise a lot more now i still hate it it's still just an absolute nightmare to me to be at the gym but because of that feeling afterwards i know that i should continue to do that but there are times 
when the dumbest little like inconveniences happen to me and I'm like grumpy about it. Like the very, the very like stereotypical dad thing is like my kid will uh, spill his milk or juice or whatever. And I'm like, God damn it. And then I'm just like going, what? on earth is wrong with you who gives a shit there's nothing that actually happened there was no actual impact on any of our lives why does this bother me like why can't i mentally just be like okay the actual upshot is like i need to go find uh i need to clean this up and it's just two minutes out of my life why do i give a shit or like have you ever like picked up the garbage bag the you know to take it out but it's been leaking so now the floor is dirty that like has been very it's very annoying to me and then i start to realize like why why do i care who gives a shit in the grand scheme of things who cares and i think about it so much with um with parenting and and my kids and you guys could potentially have way different points of view for me but what i've always come back to as a parent is you really are responsible for to teach your child two things kindness and resilience and everything else is kind of up to them. If your kid is both of those things, you did a fucking great job. You can't you can't 100% control either of those. Sometimes your kid's going to be a jerk or can't handle life coming at them. But that really should be your focus, I think. That's my point of view, at least with our kids. And then I also realize that a lot of parents, uh, especially probably fairly well-off parents like uh, like myself, are not resilient at all in any sort of way. Like we just get cranky and... Uh, our expectations of life being easy uh, just, I think, happens too much. And it's just a very odd thing for me to have this amazing life. And then when, like, my kids are annoying when we're playing Monopoly, like they can't figure the money out and they are flipping the game board over or whatever, I just get, like, really, really annoyed. And so I've had to sort of check myself recently of, like, what is wrong with you? You try to preach resilience in every single case and you don't do it yourself. So I was hoping that one of you had the same issue, but you guys are both fucking perfect. So, uh, so that stings See, a little bit. I think the thing that's protecting me here is that I watch a lot of Minnesota sports, so I always expect <laughs> the worst. Right. And when it so, happens, but, it's like, yeah, this is this is what happens. Things go exactly the way you don't want them to go. And you're miserable all the time. That's that's the way life works. Congratulations. It's just an interesting th- thing, though, like to remember that you control your attitude and you have a choice. Like you own your feelings. Your feelings don't own you. Right. So like the other day, I don't know why this was a thing to me. It was like a light bulb moment for me, which I oh, I'm just cringing that I just said that because this example I'm going to tell you uh. is literally about a light bulb. Man, <laughs> I, I can't wait until your boss is playing this at top volume from his office. I know. Oh, that was tough. Hi, Frank. Um, uh, the garage light bulb um, went out, and um, and it was like cold. It was just a few days ago. It was super cold. I didn't want to go back. We have a detached garage, and it sucks or whatever. And I was just very annoyed. I was just like, oh, shit. I mean, my life is like busy enough. It's not hard. I, I'm Again, I'm, I'm very um, clear that I've got a very lucky life, but I am very busy. Um, so I just remember having this moment of like, God, this sucks. And then that was kind of the thing where I was like, what, why, why does this suck? This is five minutes out of your life where you got to go get the step stool and you put it up and you change the light bulb in your garage and it's a good thing. And you need to stop expecting life to not throw these tiny things at you and start being okay with these little 
inconveniences. That's a lot of adult life is these tiny little inconveniences. And I don't know, it was just it was just one of those moments. Again, I cringe that I said the word light bulb uh, using that example. But um, I don't know, I've been thinking about it a lot. And uh, it's one of these like blessing curse sort of scenarios when your life is so good, you do start to have these expectations that it should always be good and easy. Whereas, I mean, Stu, I think your point about being in traffic three days a week, you're like, yeah, it's, it is what it is. Like, what do you want me to do about it? If I had to complain about being in traffic, I would be suicidal, right? I mean, um, so I don't know. I just, I just wanted to talk that out and, and, and uh, hopefully um, have it all make sense. I'm right there with you. I think yeah. you're right. You sound like you have a better handle yeah. on your like dad rage, though. I, I mean, again, I know rage is like more no. of a joke. I can promise you, I I am like the least rageful person in the world. But it's the minor annoyances that can just be annoying to me that I need to just be like, yeah, the garbage bag is leaking. That's what happens. See, Who gives a shit. I thought what you meant by dad rage was like raging at your children, like oh the yeah, yeah, typical yeah. sitcom dad. I was like, well, no. I don't do that, but raging about the minor inconveniences of life. Oh yeah, that's absolutely me. And I, <laughs> my, my my version of your story is a little bit. This goes back a little farther, and you're going to be a little bit surprised to find out that it involves my my brother Dave being the voice of reason. Um, because no. he he has this he has this persona. He plays this perso- this public persona of being the least reasonable person ever when he's actually probably the most reasonable person I know and the most level-headed person I know. So anyway, this is this is back before I bought my house. I, Dave and I were still sh- sharing an apartment and something happened. It may have been sports-related. It may have been like fantasy football-related. And it just, it sent me into just a blind fury where I like threw something. And he looked at me and said, John, no, this is a minor setback. <laughs> and, uh, so when I when I feel the rage building, I think about Dave saying, "This is a minor setback," and that usually calms me down. Yeah. Well, I guess I think I just need to try to be more like Stu. I'm going to send Dave to your house, and he's going to be like, "Brandon, no, this is a minor setback," and you're going to feel better. Just trust me. I'm just the guy that uh, a little bit more often than I was expecting will do the under my breath like, God damn it. Uh, Never actually mad or angry with anybody ever. Um, But just like the little things kind of build up. And I started to realize like, why, why do I think that life is supposed to just be simple the entire time? I did this to myself. Like, it's not like a thing that happened. Like kids were handed to me. And this house was handed to me and this job was handed to me. Like I chose all these sort of things. And so then to choose those things and then be sort of annoyed that it's difficult sometimes or like, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's just an exercise again in resilience of the smallest little things of just you own your feelings and you own your attitude about shit. Um, so I don't know. Man, I feel like this is really wise sage advice, and I'm too, it's too much in the middle of the night for me to really take it on board right now. Sure. Yeah. No, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I want to someday have just a full on, like, only dad life podcast. Like, one out of every four should just be, like, no sports. 
Yeah. And sports are really good right now, so we've got a lot to talk about, but maybe we can table some of these some of these deeper thoughts for, you know, for the off season because there's going to be lots of those. It's actually most of the time there's no good sports to talk about. Right. So. But we can yeah. love the Timberwolves again and the Wild are playing well and we have something to be angry at the Gopher basketball team for. So we got a good winner coming up. Pretty good. Pretty good. Well, that's all I got. Uh, should we uh, should we call it a night? I think yes. we can do that. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Later. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.